Curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're in Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're in Sales podcast. The So You're in Sales podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy, let us show you how. Now, on with the show. It's pretty clear that most investments in putting your business in front of people who don't know who you are proves to be, in most cases, really expensive and not very productive. No one wants to keep placing bets that don't pay off, and money is a really precious resource right now. Add in a global pandemic and a dynamically changing society for good measure, and it's no wonder most organizations feel paralyzed. Unsure what to say, not sure if spending money to communicate with people right now is even worth the investment. I understand why a lot of people feel that way, but I would offer an emotional counter-argument to that position. My research shows that in times like these, your ability to communicate well with people can be an enormous strategic advantage as the global economy resets. Those who master speaking in a voice that is consistent with their brand values reap significant advantages against those who cannot do the same. I co-wrote Red Goldfish with best-selling author Stan Phelps, father to the Goldfish series of books focused on making small but impactful changes for businesses and organizations of all shapes and sizes. In red, we present the case for purpose as a strategic advantage in business and reveal the examples I've uncovered researching this topic for the last three years. The book releases on Amazon September 15th or so, and as a part of the lead-up to the release, Stan sat me down for a discussion about my passion for the project, what it was like writing with him, and the way COVID played a major role in the story behind this book. I hope you really enjoy listening to this. I'm really excited to share it with you, and I really look forward to hearing all of your feedback about the book. Give it a listen. All right, Roger, we're here. First off, important thing, what are you drinking right now? I am drinking a Michigan legend, Bell's Brewing Company, Two-Hearted Ale. There's pretty much not a place in the planet that you cannot get yourself this delicious IPA from Bell's. So cheers to those guys. Ooh, I love it. Um... I am actually featured um, New Belgium in the original Red Goldfish. We're going to talk about that in a second. 
but I've got a Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin people. It is uh, legit. As as I know his name's going to come up a lot. As Danny Rosen said, we've now entered the season of everything pumpkin, pumpkin spiced. Yes. It's and hit uh, August already. New Belgium is an amazing Fort Collins-based brewer that I've had the good fortune to spend many uh, afternoon enjoying happy hour at said uh, brew house. So, yeah, quality choice, sir. Cheers. Cheers. So, Roger, question for you. We connected a few years back. Um, you know, what was, and we've just finished this Red Goldfish promo edition. What was the impetus for you to think that there could be a book here? You know, what, you know, Red Goldfish was already around. Why, why did we need to do the promo edition? Yeah. Why did we need to do the promo edition, boy? And look, look what happened in the process. So, you know, Stan, what I've most admired about what you've done with the series is the way that as you unpack what it is that makes a successful organization, a lot of times you're looking at it from the different disciplines that comprise what it is that can make an organization really have top-notch success. And Red was literally written as if you were speaking to me directly. And you couple that with the notion of Lanyap which that beautiful Creole term that you, you unearthed for us as a result of your research, you know, this notion of doing just a little bit extra to help create a positive correlation in the mind of the consumer for what it is you do. Those two things working in correlation with one another really resonate with small business uh, fueled industries like promotional marketing. You know, I think it's largely why we were so interested in having you be a keynote presenter at one of our industry's most premier events. And then, you know, me kind of begging you nicely to come do the same thing in Michigan. But largely speaking, the, the, the idea of being able to achieve outperforming the market results by focusing on a purpose-led strategy was so very core to my why. Right. And because we had already started the process at that point in time when I read your book, which you were so gracious to send to me and say, like, I think you would enjoy this based on our personal conversation that we have with one another. That really led me to believe that, like, I think this is going on in my industry. And boy, did we find out just how much it really was so much so that, look, I mean, like, I tell it in the book, I created my own business based on what I learned. Nice. So that was the impetus. And I was going to say, for people that may not, so this Red is one of the 10 colors in the Goldfish series. Um, it's one of the ones I'm most proud of. It really tackles how purpose um, and being for, we call it being for purpose, is truly the biggest differentiator in business. And the color red, all, you know, there's colors, gemstones, metals in the series, but the red actually comes from Bono. And the red campaign that started all the way back in 2006. And it was a small little thing that for profit brands could create these special products and be able to give a portion of that back. And I, and I see it, I just see, and having been around Danny here in the triangle for so long that it's not just about the product, right? 
It's about what does it stand for and how does it reinforce the culture of your brand? And I think that's where there are so many opportunities to imbue purpose in what we do. Couldn't have said it better myself. I wonder if it was in a book somewhere. Now, we've, we've, been, we've been working on this for over, God, probably, if I count back, like maybe close to 18 months. Obviously, we hit March, <laughs> and February and March, and COVID came along, and it really caused us to kind of rethink the book. Talk about, talk about what that was like and, and your experience. The best analogy I can come up with is like a wagon. And the wagon had a lot of momentum. And COVID was the biggest fallen tree in the road that that full wagon with all of the speed it had could ever have encountered. It was obvious, necessary, and important for us to not ignore the biggest single event in our country's history from an econ- socioeconomic perspective in probably a hundred years. Right. So I hated when you called me and said, we had to rewrite the book. I cursed your name. You were not, you were not, you lost your favorite status in the Burnett household for a period of time, but you were right. You were so right. You know, between that and you telling me like, Hey, um, people are going to want to know more of the story of your business and you need to put that in there too. So what are you doing? Why is COVID not in here? Why, you know, we got to unpack this thing. It really represented a little bit of an existential crisis for me, Stan. I got to admit it because I'm the kind of guy that when we, I get over a finish line, I'm over that finish line and I'm on to the next challenge. And I was so excited over having gotten a book out of me that the idea of having to start it and take it apart. Right. Really like we had to take it apart and decide where in the story did COVID have a play in what happened? Right. For me to have to sit and reconsider the very foundational aspect of the book was like starting all over again. Right. But once we got there and I realized how to make that part of it work and the folks that are listening to this hopefully are going to tell us whether we got it or we didn't get it. But I think we did. And what it really proved to me is purpose as the central premise of your company is more important now than it was when we started the book. As a matter of fact, I believe that when people will start coming back to doing really heavy business to business sales, like, you know, buying things again, that those businesses who are able to better communicate what it is they stand for are going to have a significant advantage over the people who cannot. And there's a lot of evidence in the book that we point to that says, here's kind of us already starting to see what that looks like. So yeah, COVID, you know, it, it had such a tremendous effect on the book, but yet nothing like a global pandemic to bring clarity to the message that we were trying to convey. Right. I, th- I think, you know, one of the things I wrote back in 2015 um, really shed light that on 2020, a couple of things were going to happen. One is millennials were going to become 51% of the workforce. Um, Gen Z this year turns 25. So they're entering the workshop workforce. They're very much like millennials 
in that purpose is important to what they do. And I just thought as we go forward, my premise was we'll either look at companies and say, we won't look at them based on their corporate filing status of being a for-profit or a not-for-profit. We'll simply look at them and look at companies and say, that company is for purpose and that company is not for purpose. And this is the key thing. People are going to want to work with and do business with those that are for purpose. 100% agree. Uh, we're, we're staking our claim. We're putting our flag on the beach and saying, we believe wholeheartedly that that truly is the case. Yeah. So, so obviously this was, this will be the 16th book in the series when you count 2.0s and takedowns. Um, you, you, I've heard you describe it as a machine. Nah. Maybe not the right way. But what was the what what are the what was the process like for you? Um, and how did you how did you deal with having such kind of a stringent process of of putting this together? I don't know how to thank you. I really cannot. Obi Wan, like seriously, the Jedi knowledge that you gave me in this process. We knew there was a story because you forced me to prove there was a story. And I'm grateful for knowing that I had your guidepost to use as, well, if it's produced this many books successfully to this point, I would be crazy to somehow think I need to reimagine the way it gets done. Did I love it? No. Did I think it was time consuming and onerous? Yes. Was it the right thing to do? A hundred percent. Because now that it's concluded, we've drawn our analysis and we've presented our argument. I know that I have the data to back up what I believe. Yeah. And so for background, for people that don't know the process, and I'm not assuming anyone does, other than a bunch of my (laughs) co-authors, I forced you to find what it, what was the magic number I told you? 200 examples. 200. 200. That's right. not an inconsequential number. No. And I've done books where I've collected a thousand examples. And what I found is 200 pretty much gets it done, but a hundred is nowhere near enough. Right. And so I challenged you because you're the industry guy. You, you've forgotten more than I know about promotional marketing is are there really enough stories out there? Yeah. And then what's always interesting to me is I never know kind of what's going to come out on the other end. So talk about that for you in terms of finding the five types and what that was like. Funny part for me was because of the work that we'd done at Promo Cares and my responsibility as sort of the chief reporter for more than a year in that uh, capacity, it's kind of actually a little bit different. It was, I already knew the themes because I'd spent the time dissecting those interviews with the people that were doing the work that ultimately many of them ended up in the book. But what I wasn't able to do was to present the body of evidence in a way that was understandable to the reader in a way that when that chapter finishes, you're either going to decide, I unequivocally agree that that's a strategy using that particular theme or eh, it doesn't work for me. But if you don't have the evidence 
to really back it up in a way that's not anecdotal. It's expert level. Like come to me, let's go out for beers and you tell me about a cause that you're interested in. And I'm going to be able to tell you a business that's going to be able to support that effort. And if I had not done that work, right. Wouldn't be in a position to be able to do that. So that process to me was really the difference between me feeling confident as an authority on the topic. I've done the work. I've put in the time. I've followed a strategy that somebody else who's already more successful than me has already created. So I'm so grateful to Stan. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> there, what, be a little introspective. What did you learn about having to go through that process? I mean, what do you think? What do you hope to achieve when this comes out? They're like tattoos, man. You know that. Like now it's like, I, I told you I'm already on to the next one because I sense when you see something that you know could be a story, right? You follow the story to see if it takes you where it needs to go. It doesn't always work out, right? There may not be 200 plus, which by the way, just to wrap up that whole process, we ended up, you and I ended up with almost 300 in total, right? We, we got from 200 to 300 during COVID because 100 new things happened super fast at the same time. So in that whole process of working through that information, you, I realized that I, I can defensively stand up in front of a crowd and give it to me. What do you, what do you want to know? I got it. Right. It's right. there, right? And not only, like, even if you don't necessarily believe me right now, because you want to go find out for yourself. Well, all you got to do is come to all of the places that you can find me because all of the evidence is right out there because I've been posting it all along the way. Right. A lot of breadcrumbs, huh? A lot of breadcrumbs. Yeah, totally. Let's talk about the process. I mean, this is the first time you've written a book. We've got to launch this thing. Talk a little bit about what that's been like and the efforts that you've, you've, you've started to employ. Anyone that's ever built a house knows exactly what I'm saying when I tell you it takes longer than you expect and costs more than you're going to want to pay. And in this instance, it's not actual hard dollars. It's my time. We are a a for-profit business and this is COVID. This is a difficult time for business-to-business sales. So that hand, I feel the, the, the weight of knowing that like the time that I devote to developing this effort takes away from making sales calls. And I'm the primary sales generator, lead generator for our organization, but never before. So in my mind has the need for expertise been as evident as it is right now. Mm. And so by virtue of the work that we've done, even if I've had to sacrifice some revenue in the process, I think we're very well situated for if the message that we're presenting in the book resonates we certainly, we wrote the book, we understand. So we know how to employ it in a way that is, if it really means something to you in any of these categories, we're certainly going to be a great place for you to consider hiring to want to do that work together. Or, you know, I'm a, you don't have to hire me. You're going to get most of it in the book and just by following me. And if you internalize it in a way that you can do it on your own. You don't need to hire me. It's only if you feel like, oh, I can't do that. I need somebody to help me do it. But I'm armed now 
with the resources and the strategies and the information that's necessary to say, if you want to get in alignment on your messaging and your brand values, I think we know how to do it because we've got all of this case study research at our fingertips to pull through. Anything else you want to share about the book? I know it's been, it's been a journey. Again, I just, it's hard not to be effusive in thanking you. So I know like that's not your style. You don't dig that. But, you know, the thing I've learned on top of how to write a book is what do you do once you've written a book? I danced. I danced when it was done. Right. But here's the thing. Writing the book is about half the battle. This is what I said. The other, the other 90% is promoting it. But if you want something that you're proud of to see the light of day, you need friends. You need some friends. And depending on what kind of personal brand equity you may have built for yourself, that largely is going to determine the number of friends you're going to be able to invite to participate. However, in much the same way that Stan, you've heard me say in the trust index, that one of the things that's really important when you're trying to build credibility is to use the EIEI factor, which is we're going to educate, inform, entertain, and inspire you to the point where you decide those people are people that I should be doing business with. So in keeping with that concept, what we're trying to do in this book launch team is giving you an insider's peek at what the content of the book is for free in the hopes that the day it gets released on Amazon, there's a lot of people willing to say really nice things about it. Mm. And even if you say bad things about it, at least if you're honest, that's a review. I'll take it too. Like, it's cool. Like, you think the book sucks, the book sucks to you. Like, don't lie. But the idea is by giving the book to people who are in my community, I'm giving them the best chance to recognize how best to promote what we've done as soon as it gets launched, because this is binge culture, you've got to get a tidal wave of things going around. You get one shot at a launch. You get one shot, right? So, you know, and then that parlays into the speaking engagements and the presentations that we'll give afterwards that are already starting to line themselves up because people recognize that this topic is interesting and that, that because of what's going on in the world socioeconomically right now, Maybe it's relevant in a way that it hasn't been relevant before. So we're attracting eyes on it. But this launch team gives me the chance to give as many people within our industry walls as possible a chance to recognize that what we wrote, while it definitely has to do with alignment and purpose and all of those things, what we're really saying is, if you want your buyer who's sitting in the chair across from you and likely going to be in their 20s very soon, they should want you, you should want to give them that book Mm. and have them recognize that our medium in comparison to other places where they might spend marketing dollars has a really great chance to deliver an emotional correlation for the receiver of that brand. If you tie the story behind the product to your brand. Right. And we can do that in ways that only really like what Bono has done with the red campaign, because these are physical products, right? I'm wearing a polo that I can tell you a very specific story about why our brand chooses this polo as the one that we wear when we're on podcasts. And if your brand can't do that same thing, maybe you would want to. Mm, That's a great point. Excellent. Let's wrap it up. Any last words or? I love that we 
that we did this just like the way we're doing it, which is a lot of like what our book writing has been like, like, okay, let's kick our shoes off and be friends. And hopefully uh, everybody out there in listener land enjoys the book. If you're interested at all in participating, this is going to launch. This uh, podcast will release prior to the book launch. So if you're still interested in participating in the book launch, pre-launch Facebook group, message us, message me on social media. I'll add you to the group and then you can get yourself in on the advanced copy. Thanks again, Stan, man. I appreciate you. Take care, man. Cheers. I hope that conversation was as fun for you to listen to as it was for Stan and I to record. There's so much in what goes behind the scenes when you're trying to write a book that I thought it would be interesting for those of you who are also content creators to get a look at that behind the scenes process so that if you even remotely think you might want to produce a book sometime in the future, you can use this as a little bit of a guidepost to help you on your own journey. I'm still, as I mentioned, accepting folks into the pre-launch Facebook group. So if at all, if you're at all interested in that, please let me know. And hey, share this episode around with folks. It's important that people recognize that you can write a book and COVID doesn't necessarily have to scare you off from trying to market your business to people if you've got an authentic voice and something to say. So we are loving our growth in subscribers and that continues to give us the opportunity to invite new and better guests onto the show. So please, if you've not done that yet, please subscribe and share that around with folks and suggest that they do the same on Apple Podcast. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you again.